Will the Utah football team be able to slow down Caleb Williams and Utah picks up some big time recruits? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We do greatly appreciate it, and we are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be talking about what this Utah football team needs to do to slow down Caleb Williams, as well as Utah picking up some big-time recruits. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will remember that you will remember with every unforgettable bite. Order your complete confidence today knowing you're ordering the very best visit omahasteaks.com or use promo code locked on that's all caps locked on at a checkout to get the extra 30 percent off your order that's at omaha steaks my name is jt was still former intern inside the university of utah athletic department and joining me for today's show is the former host of this show it's brian brown brian last time we had you on on tuesday we brought a uh, team usa some bad luck so hopefully we can turn that um that, that around last week um you not it wasn't for lack of spirit by you i will give you uh credit for that but uh for this utah football team they have a tough task trying to slow down caleb williams again and look caleb was unbelievable in the game last time against utah especially in the first half where the trojan ones were over 300 yards of offense in just the first half but in the second half the Utah defense made some adjustments and were able to slow him down at least a little bit. They only held him to 192 yards. And a lot of that credit is the Utah offense for being able to mount those drives and move the ball that kept that offense of the Trojans off the field. But Caleb is such an explosive player. He had 267 yards versus Notre Dame. But if you just track the yards behind the line of scrimmage too for the amount of tackles he broke in that game and shaked off and just the time he stays in the pocket, there's a reason he's going to win the Heisman more than likely. He's simply... One of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's the best quarterback in the conference this year. He can buy time. He can make. He can beat you from the pocket. I mean, he can do it all. He's an unbelievable player that's already torched Utah once this season. But this Utah defense is playing stronger football. They only gave up eight total yards against Colorado. I know Colorado's not good, but eight yards in the first half? Eight yards in the first half. That's insane. So I do feel like there are ways that this Utah defense can slow him down a little bit. I think one of those is really trying to keep him in the pocket. I think whenever he gets out of the pocket and things get off script is when it gets really dangerous. Now, the hard part is I don't think this Utah team is going to be able to get pressure with four. Coach Whittingham even said, like, the biggest thing isn't even trying to contain him. It's once you get back there, it's being able to bring him down because he breaks so many tackles. So I think if you do bring four, your biggest thing is just going to have to be try to contain him and make sure you keep him in the pocket and then hopefully throws in the tight coverage and can't escape and run for a gain. But even at that, he's just such a difficult guy to slow down and stop. And this Utah defense is going to have their hands full, even when they do blitz. And one of the guys who got hot against him last time was Jonah Ellis, did a great job applying pressure off the edge. And Jonah, more than likely not going to play in this game, considering we haven't seen him in the last couple of weeks. So it, it's tough, Brian. I think this is going to be hard to slow down Caleb Williams, but there are ways to do it if you can really keep him in the pocket and you can get your coverage to hold up for those five to six seconds, which they're going to be asked to do. It's a tall task, but I think this team can do it. There are ways to at least slow down this offense as difficult a task as it's going to be. Well, it, it, yes and no, right? Like oh. if you look at the statistics and and they're not, they're third overall in the football outsiders rankings, right? In, in, uh, PFF, their uh, offensive rating is 91.2, um, or excuse me, 91.5. That's I, I believe that's good enough to be, I want to say it's top 
top 10 and, and, and as I'm trying to pull this up and, and it's just, you know, that is absurd. Um, I'm, I'm just going to be honest about it. Like, yeah. like you, you don't really slow down that kind of an offense, you know? And, and so I think a lot of what's going to have to happen is, is it's, it's about the offense from Utah responding. Um, and, and, so their top five, according to PFF, uh, yards per play coach, Whittingham mentioned it in the press conference, they're going to get those yards. What I think it's about is it's about limiting the damage uh, that Caleb Williams can do. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's only got four interceptions, uh, three interceptions on the year. They only have four turnovers. Uh, some of that is is due, in, in fact, to Dye being a very good um, ball carrier and having good ball control. I think it's something that they really went after when they were recruiting him, but and they also have Austin Jones, who's done yeah. really ex- come on uh, strong. Yeah, and you know, Whittingham made note that they're starting to shift their personnel a little bit and going from ten to eleven a little bit more because uh, everybody loves a tight end. I'm yeah. just going to be honest, you know. Um, and 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 really, the the type of caliber athletes that you're getting at tight end and, and the way that you can use a tight end, it just becomes an essential part of offenses and more importantly, the running game. Now, I think the unique aspect between the game last time and the game now is that this is a defense that I think has has seen Caleb Williams before. And having that experience, you know, you know, yeah, like, like the, the catchphrase is you cannot stop him, you can only hope to contain him. And I think that's why Kyle Whittingham made the, the note that he did. It, it's about containment. It's about forcing him to the sideline. It's, it's about redirecting his flow, right? And the biggest part about that is staying in coverage and trying to force him into making a mistake, which he really doesn't do, as we've seen, you know. And even in the games where he has thrown an interception, it really hasn't been, you know, that detrimental. You look at it, you know, they've dropped 40 points almost every single game. The two games where they didn't at Oregon State, at Wazoo, you know. So it's this is a team, I guess 38, but I'm going to round up, you know, for Notre Dame. This is a team that's crushing it right now, and and that's – you know, that's really tough. I, I think the the most outstanding part about it for Utah is if you look at his yards per rush average, second highest game was against Utah. And so if you're looking for ways to slow him down, that's got to be it, right? You've got to limit the scrambles, um, and you've got to force him to make those incredible throws and either hope it doesn't go your direction or hope that a receiver trips or hope that the accuracy's off just or hope that your DBs – you know, we'll see if Clark Phillips plays, right? I think the emergence of Zamaya Vaughn has been yep. really positive for this team. Same with Sione Vaki. Uh, it's been really effective to have him as that kind of nickel safety role. And and so that that all plays in your favor if you're Utah. You know, the emergence of Samadhi Peppa, I think, is another one that you can really count on. But what I really look at is, you know, the the, the biggest key to football is you have to possess the ball. Um, and mm-hmm. so if Utah's offense can possess, can possess the ball and finish drives, that keeps the ball out of Caleb's hands, and that's really how you're going to get the win. Yeah, the best defense for Utah will be their offense, to your point, Brian. And, and you know, when they lost Tavion, we, I think we were all a little bit nervous, like, ah, he's been coming on. But at the same time, it's like, well, the young guys have been doing well. But then you get a game you get from Jaquindon last week, and we saw Makai have his strongest game on the ground specifically of the season. And 
you got to be feeling really encouraged about what we're seeing out of this group right now. Jalen Glover doing some nice things too. And we know Cam, I mean, this is Utah season. I think Cam's going to lay it on the line. I know he's still wearing the knee brace, but I think we're going to see Cam running a lot on those downs. We know how effective that was against the Trojans last time around. So you're going to need Cam to be tough. Cam more than likely won't play. We know he's not the best quarterback on the field, but more than likely won't play that way either so if you can get the ground game going but he can make those plays to help them win too which i think would be really important for this utah football team well i i think one thing when you're comparing cam versus a caleb williams is that cam's not asked to do the same things that caleb is this offense is they're so starkly different and and one of them is lincoln riley is a progressive offensive dude he likes to take risks he likes to let his quarterbacks especially caleb uh kind of get loose and improvise because he knows that that creates chaos and and he's 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 an accurate passer he's not the most accurate passer um but i think the unique part about caleb is he can really create open space with the way he scrambles and his ability to throw on the run that's the unique part about it you make him a pocket passer sit him back there try and force him in you know to make throws into tight windows Maybe you have a better chance, right? Yeah, I now, feel like you, no, you definitely have a better chance. I'm with you. If you look at what Utah does, that's all Cam Rising can do, right? Yeah. Like he just sits back there, tries to find the tight end, and if it's a tight window, either force it in or check down to the running back. Like I'm yeah. kind of being Over a little on. like simplistic with my evaluation, but Utah's offense is not about that kind of ex- the, the explosive no. plays. That's that's no. really what's been the no. struggle this year, and and you know they've found ways to do it here and there, and and. Really, in the run game, I think is is something where they 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 could really improve. Um, but as long as it's a Kyle Whittingham, Andy Ludwig tandem at the offensive end, you're not going to see that kind of play. Now, I do believe that Cam Rising is capable of playing that style of football. I think he yeah. is incredibly instinctive. And and the game that I really go back to is the San Diego State game where he came in uh, second half, hadn't played much really all year, yeah. um, and just kind of came in and played off of instinct, and he was great. So I think that's kind of uh, the unfortunate part about his season this year is, is Utah's known what they've had. And so they've really limited him and, and, and kind of compartmentalized things. Now they had a tremendous game plan against USC last time around. Yeah, uh, I think the key component is going to be, how do you modify that? What do you build off of it? Because USC's defense has gotten terrifying. Yeah, and you got to start hot too. That's the one thing this Utah offense has really struggled to do late. It's what happened against USC is you fell behind by 14 where they didn't score on their first drive against the Buffs either. So this Utah offense has really got to have a hot start, in my opinion. As you mentioned, just possess the ball. That's something they were able to do in last year's Pac-12 championship game was really run it with Tavion. Tavion had a good game on the ground that kind of got that momentum and got some of those plays. The play-action pass, we know what that can do for this team. All those things out and rolling. And Cam, look, he's not 100% in this one. Still going to be wearing the big old knee brace, but I still think he's in that 85 to 90 range. So it's going to be fun for the Utes. And as we mentioned, that offense going to have to run the ball and be effective to keep Caleb off the field. But if Caleb is on the field, got to try to keep him in the pocket and force him to make some of those tight window throws. And hopefully Clark is playing to be able to help slow him down. We're going to come in back in a second and talk about some of the big recruits that Utah football was able to scoop up or the big recruit and a potential one they could be adding in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Omaha Steaks. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of a perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together a special curated gift package to help take guesswork out of gifts making this holiday season to make you guys a holiday hero. So go to omahasteaks.com and use code LOCKEDON, that's all caps, LOCKEDON, no space, at checkout to get 30% off your offer. 
This is a great opportunity for you guys to cash in on a great stake. It's a gift that will, you will remember with every unforgettable bite. So make sure you guys order your confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahsteaks.com using promo code locked on at checkout to get extra $30 off your order. Make sure you guys head over to Omaha, the world's best beef, naturally aged for the ultimate tenderness, juicy flavor. Omaha Steaks have everything you need to deliver an unforgettable holiday gift and experience. Five generations of family-owned expertise means uncompromising quality you can trust so make sure you guys head over to get omaha steaks once again that offer locked on promo code to get 30 dollars off your order and get a great steak the perfect holiday gift brian the utes got a great holiday gift when it was official that killed lomu the four-star offensive lineman 6'5 260 2023 class Committed to Utah, and I am fired up about this guy, Brian. I think he's a former offensive lineman. I'm sure you will be, too. I mean, when you're talking about Caleb, you get an athletic tackle. who has got really good footwork. And I mentioned athlete. He can pull. He can get out in space. He can get to the second level. He's strong and can overpower dudes at the high school level. He's not going to come in and be able to do that at college. But with a couple years in this program, I think he could be doing that as soon as year two, honestly. So I'm really excited about this guy. And in pass protections, too. Got really good smooth feet to cut guys off. And got to love that arm length he's working on too so man i am fired up about caleb and i think he's going to be a beast at the tackle spot for utah yeah you know he's a four-star recruit for a reason he was the most coveted recruit in this utah class i think really what it's indicative of is we've seen some changes and some fluctuations in that class um over the last few weeks and um you know and we don't talk too much about recruiting but you know there are levels to decommitments right some decommitments are drops meaning you tell a player that like you know we appreciate what you've done and and you know we we, we're going in a different direction and we don't want to give you the freedom to go find another offer um and some decommitments are guys that are you know looking for more either in terms of you know there's nothing to be bashful about it's nil really is 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 the moneymaker and so i think what utah's done is they kind of reallocated a little bit and gone all in on some guys uh, that can really be bang for your buck type players. And that's Caleb Lomu. Uh, I think the biggest criticism of Jim Harding that people are still holding on to, which good for y'all keep holding on to that clutch, those pearls um, was his, his, you know, his inability to land uh, high level recruits. But Lomu is, is, is just that now he's got ties to the state has some family here, um, but you nailed it with the scouting report. He's an athlete playing tackle. And that's just, it's a really good thing to have, especially at this level. He is undersized. He's listed at 260. He's probably closer to 250. Um, but I tell you what, he's got a hell of a golf swing. And, uh, you know, it, it, you can dunk a basketball, it. too. Speaking of multi sport athlete, that is a, just yeah. a freak athlete. Well, and, and six, five guys with long arms, you know, it's a, it's a little bit easier to get it up and over the rim. But uh, the thing that you really love about him is, is you talked about his ability to get out and pull. He's got great footwork. He really does have tremendous foot speed. He's also incredibly, you know, we talk about dexterity. He's got great ankle flexion. He's got great hip flexibility, able to sink those hips. And you mentioned like he is strong enough, but really what he's able to do is he's able to, to sink those hips and, and create drive and get defenders off the ball and get them moving. And that's something that will carry over to the next level. Uh, give him a year or two to get about 20 pounds on him. He'll be just fine. Um, but you know, I, I, as I was texting back and forth with our, you know, cohort at, at Utah and Scotty Stevens, you know, the comp I made is, is he's the college version of Lane Johnson, you know, Ooh. able to do a lot of different things. And, and the, I like that. well, I, I, you watch the foot, you know, it's the feet, right. And, 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 and that's really where he's, you know, going to, going to be so much 
Uh, Garrett Bowles will be the one that Utah fans will recognize. You know, Garrett had incredible feet. Caleb's not quite there. Um, but that's that's his ability. That's his potential. That's his ceiling. Oh, I like the Lane one, too, because for those of you who watched Sunday Night Football last night, Lane hasn't given up a sack in two seasons. So if Caleb could give us that kind of production, I think you fans will be even more ecstatic. Well, later. I would actually argue that the bigger thing going on is is that it's it's not it's less about the the pass protection and more about what they can do in the run game and, and getting out and moving. And I think that's a big problem with this Utah offense is you haven't had guys who could really get out in space, you know, against Colorado, we saw Michael Mogofisi get out there on a screen. And as he gets more experienced, he's going to destroy guys out there. But, you know, unfortunately he kind of was a little hesitant causes the back to slow down a little bit back. Doesn't get nearly as many yards isn't able to hit the creases quickly. That's what you really want is those guys who can move well. Um, and Utah has not had a lot of those, you know, real, uh, it's a transition yep. um, because I think for a long time, Kyle Whittingham has loved those big giant earth moving type dudes, you know, like the Keaton bills, that yeah, might be the most coveted them. offensive lineman that Kyle Whittingham's ever had. He's built yeah. exactly the way that Witt thinks a lineman should be. And what you've seen is the Jim Harding influence of getting more athletic guys, leaner, longer, levered guys you know guys with wingspan all that kind of stuff you know tyler cannock uh uh has like an uh 84 inch arms i think is what it is wingspan or something like that it's 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 enormous he's a he's a condor out there flying around (laughs) and that's one of those things that you just really love um is having those guys with long arms that can move because that can get can generate as much movement as having a a big old trunk and a lot of sand in the pants Hey, saying the pants is never bad when you're an offensive lineman. Um, you know, another guy who's a high recruit that this Utah team will have a shot to get now is Walker Lyons, who just decommitted from Stanford, the four-star, 6'4", 230, explosive tight end. He's got a lot of offers. He's got a Utah and a Georgia. I think those are the two it's really going to come down to. Just because, And he will be serving a mission, so he won't be with us as soon as like a Caleb would be if he were to commit to whatever school he's going to. But Man, he's a beast. Another one, just a super athlete. But Brian, I think what's more interesting about this is, and Caleb's an awesome player. I think Utah fans would love to have him, like I said, a beast. But is this the coaching changes we're seeing in the Pac-12 right now? We've seen what's going on at Arizona State, and now we get Stanford with Coach Shaw stepping down. You're going to see some recruits shuffling in and out, and it's going to be interesting to see if Utah can capitalize on the follow and what those programs are going to do is they're supposed to be thorns in the Ute side. And they're got, they got a lot of ground to make up if they want to be contenders in the Pac-12 again. Yeah, well, Stanford's a unique situation because the prevailing thing there is is the academics, and and that's always been the misfit. And and people have said, well, Stanford's recruiting's been down. They've still recruited. The problem has been that the way Stanford have fun- functions and and the administration and everything like that is super different. Um, and, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more if you want. Um in terms of like David Shaw, the, the coaching moves and everything like that, potential hires. But the unique aspect about Stanford is, is Stanford doesn't care about a lot of the stuff that people care about because they don't need to care about it. Like, like you and I worry about electric bills. You know what rich people don't worry about? Anything like that, right? It's all auto pay. They're worrying about how, you know, how to protect their, their millions from, you know, like they're, they're out there trying to Scrooge McDuckett and put all that stuff in the vault and go swimming. You know, you and I are just out here trying to get a candy bar and mm-hmm. you know a, a thing of Gatorade. But that's you know that's the benefit of of it, it, like everybody has problems. That's the benefit of being Stanford is you don't have to worry about a lot of that kind of stuff. What they do have to worry about 
getting kids accepted on time because now the recruiting cycle has moved up for a long time. You couldn't have kids on campus because of, you know, in the summertime when everybody was visiting and now finally the administration has gotten on board. It used to be that you had to be accepted at Stanford before you could get an official offer. Right. And so it's hard enough to find smart kids who are good at football, but then having to get them accepted before the December uh, early signing day, it just became a huge problem. Now you look at this class that they've assembled. Now there's a lot of good talent. I'm not surprised at all that Walker Lyons decommitted. Not necessarily sure that David Shaw was always going to be the catalyst for that. Just from what I've heard, um, you know, Lyons is an LDS kid. He's going to serve a mission. The the tape is out there. He's he's been everywhere. He has offers from everyone, um, but it does sound like he wants to stay on the West Coast and Utah and USC are in the lead for that one. Another name to watch with this, I think that's, that is much more important, is Hunter Clegg. And Hunter Clegg, the defensive end from American Fork, um, had a very strong relationship with David Shaw. I think Clegg specifically wants to go to Stanford because he wants to set himself up in the long term to be a, a really – you know, successful human being to not worry uh, about electric bills. Yes. Yes. I, I, listen, what a, what a, what a savvy kid he is, you know, what a, what a thought process. But I think with all that kind of transition, it does influence him, Yeah, you know, to rethink things. And if there's an opening, you have to believe that Utah is going to try and burst through that opening as much as possible. Now, again, Hunter Clegg, it has to be, has to be stated at the jump. This is a kid who put academics as high as anything else in terms of his, you know, recruiting process. He's a kid, kind of kid that goes around and sets up interviews or or, or sit downs with professors within the departments that he wants to try on his own. Like like he's taking that kind of approach and that kind of thing to it. Now that's right. why you love him as a football player because he's that thorough. He's thinking about those things. He's working that hard. And you and I have seen him play. He is yes. one heck of an athlete. And, and um, you know, that would be the one that, like, if, you know, and I think you said in an interview that it gives him a lot to think about. I know yeah, that yeah, the I gap between Stanford and Utah was pretty tight. And now with David Shaw leaving. And, you know, Shaw is a unique figure because I think people look at David Shaw and they're like, well, he's, you know, he's not that good of a coach or he's not been doing this. He's not been doing that. He's a tremendous coach. He's a tremendous human being. And, and really what's unique about David Shaw is, is people talk about him across the board in the same manner. Mm -hmm. They all say tremendous human, tremendous person done a lot for the sport. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. He's been ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff there at Stanford. Um, But I just, I think two things happened. One, I think the job gets to everybody. well, everybody not named Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, apparently. Um, I know. You know, as I say that knock on wood, like I know. maybe some announcement will come from Witt someday. Um, the other part of it, too, was uh, one of the largest boosters in the Stanford Athletic Department, John Arlaga, passed away at the beginning of this year. And he and Shaw were extremely close. It's a big reason why Shaw was in place. When you give a school $150 million, they usually listen to you. Yeah. And and so when Arlaga passed, passed, I think that – you know, leveraged uh, some of the other boosters against Shaw. He didn't have as much support. And and to be honest, you know, it was – he said it in his press conference. I think he's worn out. And this job yeah. is hard, and it's changed a lot. And when you're a coach that's not only fighting against recruiting, fighting against other teams, but fighting your own administration, that wears you down. And and he's the kind of guy – you know, I was texting back and forth with a friend of mine. He's the kind of guy that I would say if ever there was a potential commissioner for college football – I want it to be David Shaw. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great point. Oh, I didn't even think about that with this whole, with the way we're shifting everything in the college football landscape to super conference feels like what we're heading for. That's a great point. And I mean, too, he, and he's a guy, like you said, he just needs a break. So it's not like another job couldn't come along and he mm-hmm. finds a good one with always the luring interest of the NFL. You never know what the next big job is going to be out there. It's available, but man, as David Shaw, just don't find someone who says a bad thing about the guy. And in a world where there's a lot of animosity between, I think, coaches and just different programs and things, to have that much respect really speaks to him and what he's built. But it, as you mentioned, too, it's going to be interesting to see if there's a trickle effect. You talked about Hunter Clegg, who is a beast. I think Utah fans would love to get a guy like Hunter Clegg in this program. There's going to be other ones that follow that Stanford's going to lose those players. And it's going to be interesting. The recruiting cycle is always fascinating to watch. We're going to come back in and wrap this one up in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the title sponsor of today's episode, UCCU. Guys, UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. You can get a savings certificate for as little as 500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, big or small. Exactly. And check this out. UCCU also allows you to jump up your interest rate once anytime during the life of your savings certificate. That way, if yields continue to rise, you have the option to jump up to an even higher yield, which makes it a great savings tool in the rising interest rate environment. Plus, opening a a UCCU savings certificate is super easy. You can do it online over the phone or just stop by any UCCU branch. But remember, this offer is only for unlimited time. So if you have a savings that you are just sitting in a standard savings account, get a UCCU savings certificate. That way your savings can start working harder and earning you more money. Visit uccu.com to learn more and get a savings certificate today. That offer, once again, 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. And it's a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. UCCU, love where you bank. All right, Brian, coming back in to this. Walk me through the emotions for you on Saturday. I was, I talked about it yesterday for me, just a crazy day of following along with everything. And you go from, look, we knew what you, we thought UCLA would be able to do it. That one was even a little stressful. And then you just get into the absolute madness of Saturday. What was your Thanksgiving weekend? Like after having some good Turkey, I'm sure. Yeah, I was exhausted by the time Saturday night rolled around. You know, I uh, spent the day watching the games with some friends of mine, had a more casual experience because uh, that's really the only thing you can do at those moments, trying to break things down when when there's chaos on the table. It, it, nobody wants to be the guy scribbling notes in the middle of the battlefield, JT. <laughs> so I'm just the one that sat there and made the jokes and, and you know, all the beaver puns that I could uh, sink my teeth into. Yep. and. Uh, you know, they got it done. And I think that was the unique part about it. Um, I think a lot of things kind of stand out to me uh, watching that. One is the importance of experienced head coaches. Yes. Because I think you saw on, on Saturday, especially, there were a lot of experienced head coaches that came in out. Kalen DeBoer got it done. And, and look, I think the world of Jake Dickert, I think he's going to be a yeah. great head coach. This is his first year. Yeah. Same with Dan Lanning. And you saw an experienced head coach in Jonathan Smith, you know, kind of figure things out and and set Oregon up almost like Lucy getting Charlie Brown to kick the football. You're too young for that, but there's probably a few old heads out there that will know what I'm talking about. There's there's got to be. I did understand that reference to quote Captain America. <laughs> Give it up. I understood yeah. that reference, um, but I think uh, I think um, I'm trying to think the other game that had to. Well, UCLA and, and Cal, I think. A little nervous in the middle. Yeah, and, and that's always like Justin Wilcox is just 
I look, I know the guy's making $4.2 million to coach football, but I do feel bad for him because he is, you know, we talked about what David Shaw's fighting against. If you look at the Pac-12 right now, it seems like in one way, shape, or form, almost every school is kind of trending upward. The two that are not are Cal and, and Stanford, right? Those are the ones that are kind of the sinking ships. You know, Jed Fish is doing a good job at Arizona. Jake Dickert's doing well at Washington State. And, and you know, obviously, Kalen DeBoer has done a phenomenal job at Washington. Um, I guess Colorado's another one. but Yeah, Colorado is. Um, you know, if the Dion rumors are true, if yes. that's really where he ends up, wow. Right? Like, that brings a lot of swagger to this conference. And. Boy, media day gets real interesting if you see Kyle Whittingham and Deion Sanders. I would Sanders. do it on the buffs. I mean, oh. wouldn't, wouldn't you too? I'd, I'd roll out the Brinks truck. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's the one area where you can really make an impact, I think, in coaching still because the NIL is, is playing such a factor. But I think that's maybe the other part about Saturday that was so great. I didn't have to think about roster management. I didn't have to think about which guy deserves the NIL yeah. slot and which guy deserves that and, and everything like that. All it was is just good, fun, exciting football. And it was the Pac-12's day. Like that was that was the best marketing that the conference could provide. And if good people point. spent the day watching those games and thought to themselves, like, nah, this is still just an also-ran conference. That's a that's a them problem. Exactly. You know, because that was the best football that we saw all weekend. I was glued to the Apple Cup. I mean, that was incredible. Regardless of what was on the line. Everybody was. was. Awesome, and then awesome people game, were... the turnovers and all the craziness things. I've never seen a quarterback do what Cam Warren did, where he crossed the goal line with his feet but didn't put the ball over. Like Those are just the exciting, crazy things that we love about football that make it so fun to watch. It is legal drugs, JT. Yeah. <laughs> and you sit on your couch with chips in one hand and a drink in the other, and you get to experience chaos safely yeah. and go to bed at the end of it. Like there's nothing better yeah. on the planet. And, and and it's just this conference is so awesome because of it. Yeah. And you want that parody. You want teams to have like how how badly would this have stuck? And this is my argument for everybody who says that a 14 playoff is the best way. <sighs> I you agree. want everybody to have a chance to win it because that means that exactly. teams like UCLA and 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 Washington State can still be in it towards the end. Yeah, I, I just it made for such a great day, and and you know I think Oregon State really is is the program that stands out to me. Everybody talked about it; they were a quarterback away from being a really great team. They are a great team, regardless. I think they are nineteen exactly. straight run plays. That's a dang good football team. Um, yeah, to win, yeah, to win a game where you don't throw the ball like that, you have to be dominant on the ground and in all the other phases of the game. And that's what the Beefs proved to be able to do. So an incredible win. And uh, but I'm going to ask you one more thing. But I do want to just say to the Deion Sanders thing: if you want to get back, if you're Colorado, you need to take a big swing. Deion's the biggest swing I can yeah. find. I think someone is waiting. We've seen it work at Jackson State. We know we can get recruits in. You, yep. I, if I'm Colorado, you, I absolutely pull the trigger. It's just too big of a name, and I really think just the cachet, the swag, a culture yep. changer with a chance to shock the college football landscape, it's really a no-brainer to me, which is why I think it is so smart that they hired him because of the place they're in right now where if we're ranking every team in Power 5, feels like at this moment Colorado's in the worst spot. Yeah, they they, they have nothing really that they can offer – you know, to, to set themselves apart, right? Like, I think this is the danger of where Utah could get to if if they do not figure out the NIL situation and if you lose Kyle Winningham. Like, yeah. Those are the two scary parts about this program is what they've built. And, and you know, it's interesting. John Canzano, uh, who has been just phenomenal since going independent, doing a great job, uh, he had, a, you know, as part of his newsletter, a story about what the cost of winning is. And I think that 
if if you really break things down, like Utah is far out exceeding what they really put in resource wise to that football program. They have for a while in terms of recruiting classes. Well, and, and and the wild part about it is is that athletic department has taken a lot of funding from from football generated revenue and dispersed it across all the other programs for a long time to yeah. try and get them up to speed. Now they're finally close. This NIL could be an equalizer in terms of, of getting those programs more exposure, getting them more money. And and really what the benefit of NIL that we're starting to see is that people pay attention to women's basketball. People pay yes. attention to, to soccer. People pay, pay attention to softball. There are these men's basketball will get there. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as as long as March Madness is a thing, like yes. people will always tune in in March for every for the same reason that I talked about. Like, oh, I get to watch Mayhem while you know snacking on my Doritos and and sipping on my diet, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're I, absolutely. I, are right. you a Diet Coke guy? I don't know. I do actually. I, Diet Coke's all right. I, I like Sprite. I'm more Sprite like root uh, beer. Oh, my okay. Diet Coke's Diet Coke's like a solid three from like the third okay. for me. That's, those are the top the top three. Are you the same? I one? would have pegged you for like maybe a Diet Mountain Dew guy. <laughs> it seems to be the. I just generation. never got into. I never got into Mountain Dew. I never got into Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew and Dr Pepper. I never got into. Yeah, say, safe to say that you made the right choice. Stick to, stick yeah. to the <laughs> stick to the clear and not the cloudy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good call, Brian. Before we get you out of here, can the Utes do it? Can they pull off another upset and get themselves back in the Rose Bowl? And not just can they, will they? Oh. You sounded like me. My mind's telling me no, JT, but my heart, my heart is telling me yes. Utah can do it. Uh, There's definitely a path there. I think uh, the the part about it that's really up in the air to me is can they do it? You know, what role will Dalton Kincaid play? I think Dalton Kincaid is the key for that offense. Yep. And and what can Morgan Scally scheme up defensively? This is not this is not going up against a Clay Helton USC anymore. This is not going up against the Mario Cristobal Oregon team where they did nothing differently from game one to game two. This is Lincoln Riley. Yep. This guy wants championships. He literally came to USC because he felt like he had a better opportunity to win a championship. And they went out and did it through the transfer portal as best they could in, the, in season number one. Uh, it's a tall task. I think, you know, Utah is the underdog for a reason. They're a one point underdog, though. And and Vegas knows like they're they're all about setting that line to get it moving. Yep. That's going to hook a lot of people that think USC is going to run away with it. That means that Vegas respects the Utes. I respect the Utes, and really what I respect, JT, is this defense has been dominant the past few of the weeks. Just You mentioned, what, eight yards in the first half for Colorado? It's you know, I, it negative six rushing yards. I tweeted out the stats and said, want to see a dead body? And yeah, that's look, right. yeah, it I, was, I retweeted it, yeah. It was brutal. Like, it was brutal, and people are still like, it could have been worse. It could have been worse, and, and it's just like – it was because it was so stark contrast between what the offense put up and what the defense dominated with. This defense is not to be messed with, and and they did it at Rice Eccles. I know Utah fans are going to show out. It, it it just comes down to execution and seeing the guys that we've seen start to step into roles, Mo Diabate, step up on that edge, be, become that dude, right? That's a difference maker. Mm-hmm. And whatever changeups, whatever you know, whatever sliders you got left in the bag, Morgan and and Andy, now's the time to let them loose. Got to let them loose, and if they can, 
Utes might be heading back to the Rose Bowl. It's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. Just like it's always fun having you on the show, my friend. Brian, appreciate you joining us. As always, make sure you guys head over to Twitter and follow him at SLC. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys check out Locked On Sports today. The podcast with the biggest game recaps, the, just in general, the take of the day, all of the stories you need to get your sports day started. That's Locked On Sports today on YouTube any podcast network or the Odyssey app. So make sure you guys head over and check that one out today. Brian, appreciate you coming on, my friend. And hopefully you're not, hopefully your heart's heart's good watching the game. I know mine will be bouncing off the walls like crazy because it's going to be a fun one Saturday. Yeah, it's, it, listen, man, this is one you tune in and let everything, you know, let everything loose. And, and, and uh, there's uh, nothing, no holding back at this point, JT. We're going to have a good time regardless. And it's been a great season. It's been a great season. It's been great having you on weekly as well, which is going to continue for a couple weeks to come too as we get some fun recruiting stuff coming up. So appreciate Brian as always for joining us and you guys for always listening. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Youth, but we'll be back tomorrow breaking down more of the Utes taking on the Trojans in the Pac-12 championship game.